the Dottie Sue Mayberry Report, and I'm Dottie Sue Mayberry. You might remember me as the reporter for Rye 99. I covered the funeral of the old Sheriff Frog Blast and the swearing-in ceremony of the new Sheriff Frog Blast. And three years ago, I was all set to cover the crowning of the Leaf Queen in the North Busheltown Woods when my world got flipped and turned upside down. That's when I learned the horrifying truth about Cliff and Kendall and witnessed my radio colleague turn into a demon-possessed monster doomed to roam the North Busheltown woods in search of her guinea pigs, killing anyone that gets in her way. I tried to warn everyone three years ago about the demons and the flesh mounds, but I was locked away in an insane asylum. Luckily for me, the average insanity rate rose steadily in the United States, and within six months I was deemed no crazier than 50% of the population and thus released. Since then, I have been researching and gathering evidence so I could blow the lid off the disappearance of the real Cliff and Kendall and the killer known as Hillbilly Willie. I've gone to extreme lengths, tapping phones, sorting through garbage, consulting mediums, and yes, even wearing funny disguises. For years, I stopped at nothing in search of the truth, and now I can finally tell you everything. It's a story that reaches from Busheltown to the pits of hell itself. was a woman in the North Busheltown woods. For years she lived a normal life and all was well and good. What she loved the most were guinea pigs, yes she did really. She loved them more than usual, the new hillbilly willy. She loved her guinea pigs so much just like she was their mother, so she ran out to find them when they escaped one after another. What happened when she found them? I know it may sound real silly, but a horde of demons went and possessed the new hillbilly willy. Meanwhile, Cliff and Kendall were sucked through a time-space hole. Where they've ended up, you see, well, nobody could know. It's certain where they are, the tale is sure to give you chillies, cause they'll once again come face to face with the new hillbilly willy. Now she's in the woods, searching for guinea pigs most day and night. She kills the folks in her way from sunset through daylight. She murdered some guy yesterday, boy, it was a real dealy. So watch out, else she'll get to you, the new hillbilly willy. She was known as Verlina or Wilhelmina But, but she, she is, is very different now, ask anyone who's seen her And if it's a late October night and the air is a little chilly Listen, listen for, for the, the crazy laughter of the new hillbilly willy <laughs> Yes, watch out or she might just get a little killy, killy. That demon-possessed guinea pig lover hard to know where to start, so I'll simply begin by telling you that Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn, friend and benefactress of Cliff and Kendall, also the wife of their producer, Mr. Snodbottom, saw something unbelievable last Halloween and was still working through it with her therapist. Oh, 
I can't get that image out of my mind. Cliff and Kendall exploding into a pile of blood and goo <laughs> and then reforming in front of my eyes. Didn't you say there were, there were other Cliff and Kendalls there too? Uh, second set? Oh yes, it's here in my notes. You said the second set of Cliff and Kendalls claimed to be from a place called, uh, let's see here, Dimension X. Oh, excuse me, Mrs. Potterbutter Butterchurn. I, did, did I introduce you to my intern from Busheltown Community College? This is Billy Moses. He's starting to be a therapist. Oh, yes, Dr. Blathers. You introduced us several times. Delighted to know you, Billy. Right back at you. Now, Mrs. P, you also said the Cliff and Kendall's from Dimension X, the ones that called themselves the real Cliff and Kendall, were taken away by Hillbilly Willie. That's right, Billy. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I saw Hillbilly Willie again. This one was hairier and more feminine than the one I remember, but just as terrifying. Anyway, the fiend stole away with Cliff and Kendall. Oh, but wait a minute. Didn't you say you're meeting Cliff and Kendall tonight? Some kind of celebration. How can that be if they're gone? It's a Halloween party at Kendall's store, and the Cliff and Kendall's I saw explode into a pile of blood reformed after the other Cliff and Kendall's were kidnapped. Huh. Oh, pardon me. I, I better get that. Oh, hello? Dr. B, you're holding the computer mouse. Oh, they look so much alike. Hello. Oh, my. I, I hope you don't mind if I take this call. It's about my car's extended warranty. Oh, oh of course, if it's important. Oh, my, my social security number. Oh, it's, it's 206. Mrs. P, I'm just an intern, but I think I may have some insight into your problem. In my opinion, it's one of two things. Either the internalized stress of caring for two children, and several adult men for some reason, added to the impact of a global pandemic, climate change, civil unrest, etc., caused a brief psychotic episode, or, and I think this is much more likely, everything you think you saw you really did see. Oh, my exploding treat bags! I was afraid of that! Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn struggled with the intern's assessment. The whole year she'd been hoping her experience was a hallucination. Perhaps a bit of mustard or an excess of Reese's peanut butter cups confusing her senses. But the future therapist's opinion echoed through her mind. And like the peanut butter in a peanut butter cup, she could smell the truth in his words. A short while later, she was in the car with her husband, Mr. Snodbottom. Wake up, Sugar lump, I, I can't believe this is the number one song in Bustletown. Oh, it makes those dance songs of Cliffs sound like classical music. Oh, simply terrible. Oh, yes, Daffodil. I agree today's music isn't anything to write home about, but I'm rather troubled at the moment. Oh, no. I hope it isn't a gastrointestinal issue. Oh, no, nothing like that. I'm afraid I'm grappling with some difficult and inconvenient truths. I've been praying that Candle and Cliff will come to know the truth as well. Oh, yes, dear. We all hope Kendall will come out of the closet one day. <laughs> and there are some closets I hope Cliff will go back into. I was speaking about the truth of Christ, Sugarlump. 
Oh, right. Sorry, I'm distracted by something that happened last Halloween. Oh, last Halloween. <laughs> what a grand time we had in Ryan 99's satellite high above the stratosphere. That wasn't last Halloween. That was four years ago. Oh, time marches on. And I have a feeling that's when this whole double cliff and kindle trouble began. Four years ago. <laughs> Pardon me, dear. My bowels are still adjusting to the swift passage of time. Oh, no need to apologize. I know how your bowels feel. <laughs> hmm. What's this box down on the floorboard? Oh, my. I nearly forgot. Our neighbor, Mrs. Henderson, asked me to deliver that box of book donations to the library. It seems she's been meaning to drop them off for over 40 years. <laughs> Whoops. They all belong to her mother-in-law, Mr. Henderson's mother. And Mrs. Henderson never cared for the old girl. <laughs> I, I wonder if there's anything we haven't read in here. The world according to Garp. War and Remembrance, Scruples, Mommy Dearest, If Life is a Bowl of Cherries, What Am I Doing in the Pits? I read all these, I believe, more than four decades ago. <laughs> Wait, what's this? Oh, it's a diary. Oh, it's not proper etiquette to read another person's diary, but the elder Mrs. Henderson is probably long deceased. And I'm sure she's enjoying her reward, walking down the golden streets of glory with our Lord. Oh, yes, dear. And in that case, I'm sure she won't mind. <laughs> What's so humorous, dear? Oh, on this page of the diary, the elder Mrs. Henderson recounted a particularly bawdy episode of Three's Company. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> oh, Sugarlump, it can't be. The following entries are from 1978, and they're about Cliff and Kendall. <laughs> oh, my. Through an incredible coincidence, or perhaps a carefully plotted twist of fate, Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn found the diary of the late Gloria Henderson. In her younger middle-aged days, Gloria, as she was known by her friends, ran Busheltown's first underground gay nightclub, the Glory Hole. And it was truly underground. Gloria's glory hole was inside a redecorated bomb shelter beneath her spacious backyard. Back in 1978, the year Gloria's diary was written, there was a lot of judgment over sexuality and things like that, so the folks that would someday be known as Busheltown's LGBTQ plus community flocked to Gloria's glory hole. There they could be themselves, have a drink, unwind, and take in live entertainment. And over the past year, one fella in particular had become quite a popular act. I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. Don't want to live my life again. No, no, no. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That song, which I wrote, is based on a story I wrote. It's about a pet cemetery where things you bury come back to life. <laughs> cool, huh? All right, it's time for my break, but watch this. No 
the jukebox plays when I hit it. Cliff, there you are. Did you see my set? Oh, I saw it all right. Oh, don't be mad, because I'm basically the Fonzie of the glory hole. I'm not mad about that. Well, I am. I should rightfully be the king of the late 70s Busheltown gay underground cabaret scene, not you. But I'm mostly upset now about this. Is that another of your letters to Valerie Harper? Marked return to sender. I've been trying to warn her that Rhoda's going to be canceled in the middle of the season. This December, in the middle of the fifth season. Can you believe that? But the network keeps sending my letters back. Damn them! Crucifixion is really too good for some people, you know? Uh, can you believe that song is number one? On the one hand, I like it because it was in a Sex in the City episode where Carrie dated this guy that still lived at home with his mom. But then, it's almost Halloween, and Monster Mash should be the number one song every year on Halloween. You know, I agree. It's one of the biggest signs of man's inhumanity to man that Monster Mash isn't number one every year. But maybe it's a good thing you haven't been able to warn Valerie Harper. (gasps) How could you say that? You know I'm paranoid that we'll disrupt the space-time continuum. That's why whenever I see the younger Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn at the Food and More, I hide behind the Hamburger Helper display. They made up the time-space continuum for Back to the Future. It's not real. If Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn did see us, the worst thing that would happen is one day when the older her meets the younger us, she'd be reminded of some other big fat white guys she saw once. Inconvenient truth time, Kendall. All big fat white guys do look the same. That's why the bartender asks if I was Jackie Gleason. I bet it's because of that little mustache you're growing. The little mustache is supposed to make me look like John Waters. Ooh, it makes you look like Buford T. Justice from Smoking the Bandit. Kendall, just sit on it, okay? Relax, we're both stuck here. In the past. Together! I know, but it's so hard to enjoy it when I see you getting all the acclaim and attention. I mean, I knew people in the past were dumber, but God, this is ridiculous. Hey, Kendall, your break's over. Better get up there and tickle the ivories before the natives get restless. You got it, Gloria! Gloria, we don't say natives anymore. It's, uh, it's 1978. Can't say natives. Why not? I'm a native of Busheltown for shit's sake. Just trust me. Say sour puss. Wipe that sour look off your puss. I think I have a job for you too. What? Singing? I know all Barbara Streisand songs up to now and well into the future, though I can't say how. Not singing. The way this crowd loves Kendall, they'd carve me like a pumpkin if I replaced him. But I've noticed you doodling on bar napkins, and I'm impressed. We're having a big party here in the hole on Halloween night, and I hired some bodybuilders to dance nude. I was hoping you could paint their muscular bodies with body paint in some kind of seasonal way. (laughs) Cliff, you okay? Are you sad because Menachem Begin tied with Anwar Sadat to win the Nobel Peace Prize the other day? And you thought Anwar Sadat deserved the award all to himself? No. Are you crying because my offer to paint undressed men made you realize life is still beautiful and worth living? Yeah, yeah I am. (laughs) Gloria, can I have a hug? Well, of course you can for shit's sake. My research shows it was at this point in the reading of the diary when Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn and Mr. Snodbottom arrived at the Rye Blossom Plaza strip mall. This is the place where the U.S. version of Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn's Butter Churn of Pottery and Butter is located. And a few stores down sits Kendall's Cabinet of Curiosities. 
Tyndall's store was full of New Age paraphernalia-like crystals and astrology charts. It had been on the brink of bankruptcy for months until he brought on an out-of-work substitute teacher named Fanny Cavity. She had a lot of friends interested in the items sold in Kindle's store, especially those related to the occult, and with her on board, Kindle's store finally began to turn a profit. Through the front window, Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn watched Cliff and Kindle inside the store. She truly didn't know what to believe. Were the Cliff and Kindles she watched the real ones, or were they merely flesh mounds? A side note on flesh mounds. They were explained to me by a dearly departed goober driver, but it took me years to find out the full truth of what they really are. I searched through texts, new and ancient, holy and unholy, and it wasn't until I happened upon the YouTube channel of former local television personality Zad Lazenby that I got real answers. Zad Lazenby was at one time the host of Channel 81's Paranormal Chat, a TV news magazine focused on the bizarre and unexplainable. Then, in 2020, he was fired after the surfacing of old tweets in which he made disparaging remarks about people with outie belly buttons. Here he is, discussing flesh mounds. A lot of people ask me, Zach, what are flesh mounds? Well, I'll tell you. Flesh mounds look like regular people and act like regular people, but brother, they ain't regular people. They are soulless husks of skin, blood, and bone, created when extreme pressure, like that of a black hole's gravitational pull, combines with powerful hell demon magic. These flesh mounds typically take the place of actual humans that have been forced into another dimension or time. And though this sounds outrageous, it happens literally every day. You could be a flesh mound and not even know it. I read a scientific report in the letters to the editor section of Guns and Ammo magazine that said the odds of us all being flesh mounds are even greater than the odds we're all living in a simulation. Imagine that! Wow! Frightening stuff. But I found in my years as a journalist that nothing is more frightening than the truth. Back in present-day Busheltown, Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn and Mr. Snodbottom were again at Kindle's store later that evening, which happened to be Saturday night, the night before Halloween. <laughs> oh, this is a lovely Halloween party, and I'm glad Kindle's store is finally doing well. <laughs> Although I still don't understand why anyone would buy anything he's selling. But that's just between you and me, Daffodil. <laughs> of course, Sugarlump, I understand and confidentially agree. But if Cliff and Candle want to follow their little dreams of owning a store or singing repetitive disco music, I suppose there's no harm done. <laughs> I know you're right. Then why are you still troubled, dear? It can't be because of your costume. You look exactly like Marilyn Monroe in her famous whack dress. <laughs> but don't go standing over any air vents. I think all the men in the room would faint. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you, dear. I don't look half as good as you, though. You're the spitting image of Elvis during his 1968 comeback special. <laughs> Perhaps you should wear black leather suits more often. <laughs> Oh, but I admit I am troubled. You see, I've come to believe the Cliff and Kindle we know aren't really the real Cliff and Kindle. 
I think they're soulless creatures that are simply mimicking Cliff and Kendall down to the smallest detail. Oh, oh, pardon me. I didn't catch everything you said. I was concentrating on holding in that small bottom belt. What is it that's troubling you again? Oh, never mind. I'm sure it's nothing. Wonderful. Why, look, here come Cliff and Candle now. I promise you, Cliff, your albums are always for sale at the front counter. Then riddle me this. Why haven't you sold any in the last month? There are seasonal tracks on there. I am Dracula, then in parentheses the vampire, and who, then in parentheses, is coming up behind you, both of which better play soon or I'm going to be very irritated and quite possibly ruin the Halloween party for all of us, just so you know. I gave the DJ your album just like you said to. And why did you get this, DJ? DJ Jennifer? She doesn't even have a cool name. I gave you the numbers of the DJs who did my remixes. DJ Tip Jar, DJ Backwards Cap, DJ Butt Stuff. Why didn't you call any of them? DJ Jennifer is a friend of Fanny Cavity, my head sales clerk. Fanny Cavity, the woman who single-handedly saved your store. Exactly. I had to let her pick the DJ. But enough about that. We haven't even said hello to Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Turner, Mr. Snodbottom. You guys are great, by the way. Elvis and Marilyn, so classic. Oh, thank you, dear. Your costumes are both lots of fun. I admit I don't recognize who you're supposed to be. <laughs> I'm Harry Styles on the cover of Vogue magazine. Oh, that's why you borrowed Crockpot's old dress. Yeah, it fits because it's from when she gained all that weight when she didn't know she's pregnant. About five years ago. You know, when you guys adopted Opie out of the blue. Oh, yes, I seem to recall that situation. Yes, it was a blessed occasion indeed. But what are you supposed to be, Candle Boy? I'm the Hatbox Ghost from the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. He actually has an interesting story. See, when the original attraction opened in 1969, the Hatbox Ghost was there, but soon the Imagineers, they were like, it's not working to Walt's standards, so it had to be removed. Then, over the years, fan interest finally They got put him back, back in 2015. I was getting there. It would have been Monday, November 1st, your birthday, before that happened, and you know it. And you wouldn't want to still be winding up that story on your big 4 Cliff, it's true. You are 40 now, but I am still 39. Still in my 30s for like 30 more hours at least. As a proud 40-year-old eagle, I can only look down, down, way down on you with pity. Don't be jealous of me because of my youth. Oh, trust me, I'm not. And not because now that you're 40. Not for 30 more hours. Now that you're 40, you're as old as I thought you were when I first met you in the summer of 2001. And okay, I'll admit when you were 29 and I was 30, I was a little jealous. I knew it! And projecting into the future during the six weeks when you're 79 and I'm 80, I'll be a little jealous again. That's right, you will. But I assure you, With the assurance of the wisest eagle in town, I'm not jealous that you're 39. I don't know what you two are talking about, but Cliff Boy said assurance so many times I can't help but think of this song. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. 
<laughs> Why, I wonder if the DJ will play that song tonight. <laughs> I'd love to dance with you to that one, Sugarlump. If DJ Jennifer plays Blessed Assurance before she plays either of my seasonally appropriate songs, I'm gonna... Excuse me, sir, can I have this tray of pizza rolls? Of course, sir. It's just me, Mario. I am but a humble caterer. Thanks, Mario. If my song isn't on soon, I'm taking this tray, which will be empty in a second after I eat all these pizza rolls, and I'll get it refilled, and then I'll leave. I'll get a ride from Charles the Contractor or Crock-Pot. Hey, where are they? <gasps> Did something scary in Halloween happen to them? No, Crock-Pot is chaperoning the children at Halloween camp in Smackover this weekend. Which reminds me, Funky wrote a Halloween song at camp, and she sent me a recording of it on my cellular telephone. <laughs> Listen to this. Have a very scary Halloween. It's the scariest time of the year. I don't know if there'll be ghosts, but they'll show up next year. Have a very scary Halloween, and when you go trick-or-treat, Say hello to ghosts, you know, and everyone you meet. Oh, our daughter's talents brought tears to my eyes. Oh, mine too. We're blessed to be Funky's parents. Oh, as for Charles the Contractor's whereabouts, I can't say where he might be. Kendo, you did invite him, right? Yes, it's in his contracting contract that he must be invited to all parties. Probably here in costume, we just haven't recognized or smelled him yet. No, I saw his costume hanging in his truck. He's coming as Bugs Bunny from that new Space Jam reboot. And the only rabbit I've seen walking around was the manager of the Industrial Clown Supply Store. He's dressed as that sexy version of the trick cereal rabbit. I'm sure he's vaping outside or something. You know Charles Contractor, nothing bad ever happens to him. Except at that moment, something bad was happening to him. I know what was happening to Charles the Contractor because I sifted through phone records for weeks on end. And I know what happened at Kendall's Halloween party because I was there. Disguised as Mario the Caterer, I eavesdropped in the name of journalism, just like Walter Cronkite used to do. Back to Charles the Contractor. At that moment, his truck was stalled at the edge of the town, on a road just inside the North Busheltown Woods. With him was fellow Busheltown citizen and mechanic, Dolvert Mubla. What seems to be the problem, Charles? Oh, damn it, Dolvert. That engine block and muffler you sold me was both lemons. Charles, the engine blocks and mufflers we sell at Mubblers, Mufflers, and Engine Blocks are above reproach. Oh, yeah, well, then how come we're stuck in the middle of nowhere instead of getting our drink on at Kendall's Cabinet Store? I told you there's going to be free punch. That punch better be good, and there better be a lot of babes there, too. I don't know about you, but Dulvert's looking to get laid. <laughs> That's why I'm wearing the Borat thong. I'm one talented bitch when it comes to sweet-talking women. But it won't hurt to show off my stuff. Oh, I bet I get more ladies looking at me than you. Yeah, why's that? One simple rule, man. Chicks dig Bugs Bunny. Nah, chicks dig Borat. Bugs Bunny. Borat. Bugs Bunny. Borat. Hillbilly Willie. Borat. Wait, what? Hillbilly Willie's right behind you. Well darn! I am Hillbilly Willie, and you're toast. Don't kill me, pretty lady. You might be a monstrous beast, but you're still a woman deep down inside, and I know I can rock your world. Hmm, that's an interesting offer. Rock my world, you say? Hell yeah, sweetie. Dolver Mubbler knows all the right moves. Then why don't you join me out here? Thanks, but I'm the one that ought to be opening doors for you. I'm the man, after all. Oh, I know that. 
one look at your Borat thong and I could tell you were all mad. Gopher, what are you doing? I'm about to get it on with this here demon-possessed guinea pig lady. You know how I'm drawn to dangerous personalities, like those gals on death row I exchange sexually explicit letters with? Gopher, this ain't no harmless psycho. It's Hillbilly Willie, I tell you. I know, that's why you really got me going, honey. You make all those other women look like saints in comparison. Other women? They're already cheating on me and we only just started going steady. Let's see how you look at other women without a head. <laughs> oh, shit. Hillbilly Willie just demolished Dilbert's skull with her bare hands and I got his brains in my hair. Hoo-hoo-wee. Maybe Dilbert's muffler and engine block ain't lemons after all. Oh, don't drive away. The fun's just beginning. Meanwhile, <laughs> at the Halloween party in Kindle store, Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn stole away to the stock room and again opened Gloria Henderson's diary. She could hardly believe her eyes when she read of the cool gray Halloween afternoon in Busheltown, 1978. Cliff and Kendall were at the glory hole helping Gloria decorate for the big Halloween party. Gloria, how high should we hang this Wang banner? Oh, how about there should do it. Right. Mind if I ask what you boys are going to be dressed as at the party tonight? I'm going as Gonzo from The Muppet Show. Oh, wow, I can't wait to see that. What about you, Cliff? I'm going to be the Swedish chef from The Muppet Show. Listen to my impression. <laughs> oh, man. That shit cracks me up. What about you, Gloria? Me? Oh, I'm going to be Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. After all, I know so damn many of her friends. <laughs> and Rob is going to be John Travolta from Saturday Night Fever. Harry is going to be John Travolta from Grease. And Jimbo is going to be John Travolta from Welcome Back, Carter. I guess John Travolta must be pretty popular, huh? You're damn right. Cliff knows. Cliff, you're a fairy. What's your favorite John Travolta movie? Look who's talking to. Look who's talking to. What the hell is that? Oh, uh... I mean, uh, look who's talking to me. You are. Um, John Travolta, definitely boy in the plastic bubble. You're into the sad ones, huh? I'm partial to Carrie myself, except for all that supernatural mumbo-jumbo. Whoever wrote that movie must be on as many drugs as Cliff here. Cliff, what drugs are you on? Oh, Gloria knows. I'm on all of them. Uppers, downers, reds, blues, benzos, sugar daddies, pokemons, hulus, etc. He must be on drugs. How else does Cliff come up with those nutty tales about you and him? Cliff, what have you been telling Gloria? Oh, just always steered a spacecraft into a black hole and spent several years in an alternate dimension. And last Halloween, we got back to this dimension, to the Falkland Islands. Then a demon-possessed guinea pig lover slingshotted us from there in the year 2020 to Busheltown on Halloween 1977. And now it's Halloween 78 and we're still stuck in this time. <laughs> That's drug talk if there ever was any. Oh, well, I gotta go get Robbie to give me some Dorothy braids. Nobody does hair like that queer. Cliff, how could you say all that to her? She doesn't believe it. She thinks I'm high on Hulu's. You're going to rip the space-time continuum to shreds. You know what? So what if I do? I'll admit it was fun to watch Rhoda episodes as they originally aired, and I like watching The Muppet Show and breathing cleaner air and not sweating in January, but I want to go back to our time. So do I. I love the attention of all these gay men, but despite all that, I miss my wife Susan. I bought something today that might help us. What could possibly help us? Are you going to freeze us like Walt Disney's head? 
Oh no, we could never afford a freezer big enough for both of us. Then what is it? This. That's this week's TV guide with Mork and Mindy on the cover. What's that say in the corner? New video recorders. They do everything but sell popcorn. Well, I guess a VCR would help us, but they must be really expensive right now. Uh, no, sorry. I bought the TV guide at the Food and More, which is also where I bought this. Raising hell demons for fun and profit? How? Why? At the Food and More, I stopped by the butcher counter to tell him I'm a vegetarian, and we got to talking. He does magic, too. It was so cool when he pulled a pepperoni out from my ear. Anyway, he recommended it. Said he's raised a few demons and everything went fine. So we're just joining the dark side now? Raising demons like the butcher? I'm against it. Unless there's a way to give my soul in exchange for weight loss. We're not selling our souls. We won't have to. I flipped through the book while I was in the checkout line. It explains the way to open a time hole, just like the one Hillbilly Willie took us through last year. But if it's in that book, you have to summon demons. That will bring Hillbilly Willie, not the female one into guinea pigs, the original demon-possessed pig farmer. No, it won't. I very subtly asked the butcher and the baker and the candy corn maker about Hillbilly Willie, and he doesn't exist yet. I said his name and nobody's neck hair stood up. No one turned ghostly white. We're in the clear. Huh. I guess there's no harm in summoning hell demons, since right now there is no hillbilly willy. No hillbilly willy? Sure there is. Gloria, I didn't see you come back inside. What do you mean there is a hillbilly willy? Follow me to the jukebox, boys. There she is, B7, Hillbilly Willy by Dolly Parton. Take a listen. He drove a souped-up hot rod car, but he I wouldn't call it one of her greatest hits. Well, it's no 9 to 5. 9 to 5? What the shit's that? Uh, it's the record catalog number of Jolene, one of Dolly's greatest hits. Sometimes I refer to songs by their record catalog number. It's a sort of a hobby. Drugs really do rot the brain. Meanwhile, it continued to be Saturday, October 30th in present-day Busheltown. At Kendall's Halloween party, Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn put down the diary when a zombie tapped her on the shoulder. Oh, my, a zombie! Don't fear, it's just me, Mrs. P. Billy Moses, Dr. Blathers in town. Oh, how nice to see you again, Billy. Is Dr. Blathers with you? No, I'm afraid he ran into a problem. He tried to order an elephant costume online and accidentally bought the elephant man's bones instead. Maxed out his Discover card. He's still on the phone with them back at the office. He might be a while. That's too bad. Mrs. P., I know we're not in a session, but do you mind if I ask you what brought you to the stockroom all by yourself? Oh, Billy, there's been a development in the case of the double Cliff and Kindles. In a bizarre coincidence, I found this diary from the year 1978, and it seems to involve Cliff and Kendall, too. This is getting very strange. <laughs> oh, I've lost count of Cliff and Kendall's at the moment, past, present, and future. I know, but I feel like I'm onto something here, like we're about to crack the case. Hey, Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn, Kendall's looking for you. There's some people we'd like you to meet. Thank you, Terry. Though your visits are always temporary, you never fail to leave a lasting impression. Aw, thanks. Love your Maryland costume, by the way. Oh, and I love yours as well. So many scissors. Well, I am Edward Scissorhands. Snip, snip. <laughs> oh, Billy, I'm afraid duty calls. 
I'll find you later so we can continue our discussion. Of course, no problem. I came back here to do drugs and it's much easier when you're alone anyway. Let's see, where did I put my cocaine? As Billy Moses indulged in a little booger sugar, Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn joined Kindle and was introduced to the woman credited with keeping Kindle's cabinet of curiosities open for business. One Mrs. Fanny Cavity. Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn, I'm so glad you can finally meet Fanny Cavity. She's turned this whole place around and the profits have never been higher. Oh, delighted to meet you, Mrs. Cavity. Oh, honey, you can call me Fanny. I've heard so much about you. Why, I feel like I know you already. Well, isn't that special? There are certainly some interesting items you've put up for sale. Well, I I know there's a market for rare and interesting things like certain candles and herbs and bloods and such. Mrs. Cavity, where's your husband? Big. He's around here somewhere. His costume goes along with mine. He's a very handsome sheep. Get it? He's a sheep and I'm little Bo Peep. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Cliff tells this great joke about sheeps in Alabama. Now, Kendall, you know that's two things I don't really care for. Jokes in Alabama. Oh, right. That's okay, dearie. I'm going to refill my punch glass and find my better half if you all don't mind. Mrs. Butter 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 Churn, this over here is B.B. Jollyman. B.B.'s my crystal supplier. Well, it is a pleasure to meet you. You look lovelier than a strawberry quartz on a full corn moon. Oh, how charming. <laughs> Lovely to meet you, B.B. You know, I've tried your butter and it's delicious. Thank you. It's shipped fresh from the sheep farms on Fizzy 111 in the Falkland Islands. Truly, they deserve all the credit. Well, my compliments to the sheep farmers. Good evening. Good evening. See you, B.B. Kendall, what was that costume B.B. was wearing? I'm not really sure. It's from some comic book. About this creature with no soul. Oh, that sounds unsettling indeed. Yeah, this thing isn't even a person. It's like a plane on autopilot. Kendall, are you talking about pilots? You must be trying to convince everyone that Charles Lindbergh was a woman again. No, I'm not. You probably were. I've had a couple pumpkin spice daiquiris and things are looking up. Because you know who else isn't a woman besides Charles Lindbergh? DJ Jennifer. Oh, man, baby. Really? I guess I was so distracted by the fishing hat with the lures all over it he's wearing. Oh, also the name Jennifer threw me. It's an homage to Oscar winner Jennifer Lawrence. Huh? It's because DJ Jennifer is young, Kendall. Young. Maybe too young for me? Am I the hand that rocks the cradle if I seduce DJ Jennifer? How young is he? Oh my god, he's so young. He's 36. They say age is just a number. I say go for a deer. After all, I'm a few years older than Mr. Snubbottom, and look how happy we are. You're right. I won't let Kendall's negativity stop me. But if he comes home with me, that fishing lure hat has got to go. It's the only thing scarier than the check engine light coming on in your car. I mean, am I right or am I right? As the party carried on in the front of the store, Billy Moses was in the stockroom taking party to a whole new level. Oh, that's enough cocaine for now. Oh, well, maybe one more line. Hey, sorry, I didn't know anyone was back here. Oh, uh, I was just leaving. If you'd like to use the stock room, it's all yours. Thanks. 
I like that costume you got on. That's kind of you. I don't even like zombies, but there's a woman where I'm doing this internship that I'm trying to impress. I heard she likes The Walking Dead. I haven't seen it, but it's zombies, so how far off could I be? The real bitch of it all is that she's got a thing for this idiot in the office. He's a complete moron, I'm telling you. Speaking of you, I like your costume as well. It looks very soft. I'm considering doing more drugs. Would you like to join me? Drugs, you say? Specifically cocaine. See, I have a little bag here. Oh, I think you accidentally jabbed a knife. It's my abdomen. No, it was on purpose. I was afraid of that. Billy Moses died in Kendall's stockroom. Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn was hurrying down the sidewalk in front of the strip mall. She'd snuck out of the party moments before and rushed to her own store, which was closed for the night. Inside the quiet shop that smelled of pottery and butter, she continued to read Gloria Henderson's account of Halloween in Busheltown, 1978. Cliff and Kendall were in a back room at the glory hole. And there. Thank you, Hans, for standing so still while I painted 50 stars and 13 stripes on your wang. Sorry it took two hours, but when you're recreating the American flag on a wiener, attention to detail is everything. You're welcome. Why did you paint the U.S. flag on Hans's wang? Oh my god. The bicentennial was only two years ago. Read between the lines. Anyway, and I can't believe I'm saying this, enough about Wangs. Gloria's outside the door, but I'm sure she's not listening. Now that Hans and the other models are on stage, we can try and open the time hole. Did you get to read up on how to do it? I've been sitting here reading for six hours, didn't you notice? I was so focused, and oh, six hours, wow. Time flies when you're decorating the naked bodies of hunky men. I even ran to the feed store and the bait shop for ingredients while you recreated that famous Edward Munchie painting of the scream on Jason's ass cheeks. You did? Yeah. And the worms had to be blessed by an unsuspecting clergyman while I held an upside-down Bible, so I stopped at the Third Busheltown Methodist Church and tricked Reverend Simpkins into doing it. How'd you do that? Well, I was holding the box of worms, Bible upside down underneath, and while he was telling me some crap about Psalms or something, I pretended to sneeze, and he said, bless you, and I left. Wow, that's a good plan. The ritual also calls for the blood of an innocent slaughtered beneath a full moon. You have to do that. (gasps) You are gonna shit. I already did it. Look over here. While I was kneeling down painting a cute jack-o'-lantern on Sammy's ass cheeks, I squashed a roach with my knee by accident. I didn't even see it crawl right under me somehow. Innocent roach blood under Sammy's naked full moon butt. Then we're halfway there. The ritual must be performed between midnight and 12.15. That's nice they give you a window of time in case you're running late or something. Yeah, and we'll need it. We have to raise the hell demons, and lightning has to strike the spell ingredients while the demons are there. But it's not even raining! Yeah, it is. I told you all about the huge puddles in the food and more parking lot. Oh, I thought you said huge poodles. Possibly because I was so focused on painting the Adams family on Christopher's trouser snake, I got confused. And I didn't hear the rain because the glory hole is just so far underground. Lucky for us, it's a dark and stormy night out there. Cliff, I think we may finally make it all the way home. There's just one thing that has to happen first. Did you forget to paint somebody's butt? No. You have to sing for those LGBTQ pluses out there. They love you for some reason, and it's only right. That's true. I'd be breaking so many hearts if I just walked away without one more performance. 
And you have to bring me up on stage to sing with you. Uh, I guess that would be a fitting end to our time in the past. Yeah. And I'll get to show these bastards the real talent they've been missing all this time. Ladies and, well, mostly gentlemen, many of whom are dressed like ladies, please welcome to the stage everyone's favorite virtuoso pianist. Keep it down. Keep it down. I said pianist. Here's Kindle. Thank you, patrons of the glory hole. You have earned a special place in my heart, and I will never forget you. And Gloria, you're one hell of a lady. Tonight, I'd like to ask a friend to join me up here on stage, Cliff. (laughs) Busheltown glory hole, this one's for you. Cliff, do me a favor and smack that jukebox. But when I smack it, it doesn't... Just trust me. Okay. It worked. I'm also the Fonz. We've been stuck in the past for the last year. And we want to go back, though it's been groovy here. Look at us now, hope that we return, I don't know how, but hell demons are gonna go, and open up a big time hole. Kendall bought a book that explained everything, and though it took a while I still got to sing, oh, mamma mia. Here we go again, my, my, gotta raise some demons, mamma mia, on the road again, my, my, strange as it may seem, and yes, we are from the future, or maybe big drug doers, why, why? Cliff and Kindle sang their hearts out, releasing years worth of pent-up emotions musically. As Cliff's perfect pitch joined Kindle's voice in song, the audience was carried away with their Glee-style mashup. Can it be that it was all so simple now? Or are we going crazy? It's almost time for our final bow. Tell me, could we? Should we? Seventies, you've been far out as can get. But what's too funky to remember? As the number wound to a close, the two large hosts of a podcast, known as Cliff and Kendall Coast to Coast, danced like nobody was watching shared their feelings like no one was judging, and Kendall sang like nobody was listening. Cliff sang like he knew people were listening and loving every second of his magical melodies. Well, you know we're gonna watch Hocus Pocus. Then we're gonna watch Ernest Scared Stupid. And if Criterion won't release it remastered, they are so much more stupid than he is. Time hole, please, please open. Cause these big old boys are going Going, 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 going to the future Going, 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 going to the future Oh, 
take it, Kendall. Oh my god, you're burning a hole in the stage with Ooh. those dance steps. Oh, thanks. It's so much harder than it looks. Going, 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 going to the future. Going, 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 going to the future. Oop, doop, oop, oop, to the future. Future, 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 future. Oh, oop, 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 now I'd like to do a song I've been working on. Like a prayer. Cliff, there's no time. It's almost midnight. Oh, for shit's sake. Good night, Bushletown! It was at this point in reading the diary when Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn was distracted by the sudden appearance of swerving headlights in the parking lot. Charles the contractor's pickup truck flew past her and came to a screeching halt in front of the Halloween party in Kendall's store. I saw her. It was him, Billy Willie. Oh, man, I got a piss. Charles, Charles, where's your Bugs Bunny costume? Was that Charles the contractor who just ran in? Yeah, he said something about Hillbilly Willie, then ran into the stockroom to P.I. Double Snake. What? To pee-pee. In the stockroom? That's not where the bathroom is. Charles! <sighs> what will Kendall find to criticize about Charles now? No, oh, Cliff! Was that Charles the contractor who just ran in? Yeah, he was going to come as Bugs Bunny, but he was just in his normal clothes with blood spattered all over him. I guess he decided to come as a murder witness. <gasps> oh my God, there's a dead body in the stockroom! <gasps> dead body? I thought that was a Halloween decoration. I took a selfie with it. Kendall, did you say dead body? Yes! DJ Jennifer, cut the music! Candle boy, whomever is the deceased? I'm afraid it's Dr. Blathers' intern, Billy Mitty. Moses. Oh, Moses Mitty. Billy Moses! Oh, heavens, he's in heaven! How can it be? <laughs> Kendall, people are starting to leave. Don't you think we should all stay in case the killer's still here? Oh, no way, man. Whoever bumped off Billy's long gone by now. I hate to agree with Charles the Contractor, but he's right. The murderer would have fled the scene immediately. Even though I don't have any security cameras back there and apparently nobody noticed anything suspicious, there's just zero chance the killer stuck around. To, to do what? Blend in a crowd of people in costume? I doubt it. Candle, I'm sorry about the murder in the stockroom. That's no way to end a party. Thanks, Mrs. Cavity. Candle, call me Fanny. I'm just Fanny Cavity. No need to be so formal. Oh, well, thanks, Fanny. By the way, did y'all meet my husband, Big? His name's Bigelow, but I call him Big. Howdy, folks. I sure did enjoy tonight's party. Except the murder, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Nice to meet you, Big. Love that sheep costume. Looks soft. Hey, guys. I'd be happy to stick around and help clean up now that the guests have cleared out. I have a great cleaning system where we think of the room like a clock. Oh, pardon me, Terry dear, but has anyone called the police? Oh, I called them right away, as soon as I heard Kendall say the word murder. I dialed 911. My old pal Angus picked up. I met him when I temped as an operator for Busheltown 911 back in 2014. I saved a few lives, but it was all in a day's work. Anyway, Angus said there's a big log blocking South Shovel Street, and all the cops on duty are dealing with that. But as soon as it's rolled away, they'll be right over. Oh, well, that's a relief. So nice of you to offer to help clean up, Terry. That would be a big help. Thank you. Hey, what are friends for? Big and I were going to offer to stay. You all don't have to do it. 
Why don't you all go on out to that Shona's on I-6 and, and have a nice dinner? Oh, Fanny, don't be silly. You did so much for the party. You and Big should be the ones going to Shoney's. Why don't you let us do it and the two of you head out? The caterer's still here and Cliff's even going to help. I am? Well, if you insist. But Fanny. Big, you listen to me now. Kendall's being very kind. We'll just go on. I'll grab my purse. Good night, Big. Fanny. And Fanny, thanks again. You're so welcome. Hey, didn't somebody say something about Hillbilly Willie? Oh, yeah, I did. I saw her. She's scary and furry and glowed like she's radioactive or something. She killed Dover. Oh, my dude, Dover. He's, he's gone. I done blacked it out. Really? You saw Hillbilly Willie tonight? It's a late October night, the 30th. There's only one night later in October, and that's tomorrow night, Halloween night. I'm sure Hillbilly Willie is super busy terrorizing tonight. Hopefully too busy to follow Charles to my store. Kendall, not everything is about you. I know. DJ Jennifer, maybe we could get some cleaning music. Ooh. It's coming up behind you. Now he plays one of my songs. He better turn this into a funny story for our grandchildren if we fall in love. Something's under your bed. <gasps> the power's out. Ha <laughs> ha, you forgot to pay the electric bill. No, I didn't. Kendall, mind if I ask you a personal business question? Did you happen to forget to pay the electric bill? No, I didn't forget. It's on auto pay. Kendall boy, I believe I've deduced the source of the problem. What is it? My hypothesis is that paying the electric bill slipped your mind this month, Kendall boy. Why is that everyone's first thought? During the confusion, Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn slipped off and hid behind the cash register. There, by the light of one match after another, she continued to read the diary and to learn what really happened on Halloween night, 1978. The real Cliff and Kendall were just leaving Gloria's glory hole for the last time. Oh boy, it's really coming down out here. Yeah, oh god, my Mickey Mouse watch says it's already 12.05. Better get your summoning. You hold the umbrella, I'll combine the ingredients. Okay. Gloria has a really big backyard. Well, the whole glory hole is underneath it, so it's gotta be big. And what I like is that there aren't many trees in it. That means no limbs to pick up. You know, my grandmother spent half her life in the yard picking up limbs. Didn't that sound awful? And boring? Boring, right. Okay, ingredients are combined. Now I'll recite the mystical incantation. Demons from hell, we know you're there. Always around and ready to scare. Come forth to us and show us yourselves. Sure as Batman has Robin and Santa has elves. Now say this part with me. Come, come hell demons, come. Come, come hell demons, come. Come hell demons, come. I hear him. I hear him in the distance. Oh God, how do we attract lightning? Uh, we need to put all our metal in the ingredients bowl. Your, your loose change, keys, anything metal. What about my pen that says Streisand for president? Toss it in. But I really like it. It's metal. It'll attract lightning. No, no, no. You guys aren't going to attract lightning like that. Gloria, have you been listening to us? Yeah, I didn't want to say anything. Because I'm ashamed of my addiction to eavesdropping, but I heard everything. 
I still think you're both on drugs about going to the future. But the hell demon stuff I'm starting to believe. It's all true. But what did you say about lightning? Kendall, hurry. They're coming closer. It's a myth that metal attracts lightning. What draws lightning is something tall, pointy, and alone. I saw it on Sesame Street last week. Gordon explained everything. Oh, my God. I missed an episode of Sesame Street last week. What was I thinking? What can we use? There's nothing in this big empty yard. I know the perfect thing. It's in my garage. Hold on. Gloria, the hell demons are coming. I see them on the edge of your lawn. Stall them. Stall them? How do you stall hell demons? I got an idea. Not close-up magic. No. A time warp. The dance. I guess it is just a jump to the left. And then a step to the right. Put your hands on your hips. And bring your knees in tight. And it's a pelvic thrust. That really drives you insane. Let's do the time warp again. Let's do the time warp again. Working. They look really confused. I got it. Move out the way. This old aluminum Christmas tree will draw lightning if anything will. It's tall and pointy, and I'll sit it directly on top of your spell ingredients. Glory, watch out! The hell demons are coming! Oh, for shit's sake! She jumped out of the way just in time! The hell demons are swirling around the Christmas tree! Is there more incantation? Oh, right, there's one more line. Forces of darkness, you can tell I'm serious by the look on my face. Take us back to our time and back to our place! Oh, I'm glad I mentioned that that part sounds important. Once lightning strikes, it should be a matter of seconds before a time hole opens. You know, the hell demons swirling around that Christmas tree alone out in the yard's kind of pretty. Yeah, it is. Damn it, I wish I had my iPhone. iPhone? I thought phones were for your ears. Maybe you boys are from the future after all. The tree worked! Lightning struck! Ingredients are burning. A time hole is opening. As Mrs. Potterbutter Butterchurn read these words, she could barely believe her eyes. And then she could barely believe her ears as the glass in Kendall's front store window crashed in and several figures in robes and masks climbed inside. My window! Who's there? Looks like a bunch of Hillbilly Willie cult members. It was true. Some of the silent cult members wore pig masks and others guinea pig masks, but they were all devoted to the hell demon-possessed killer known as Hillbilly Willie. Everyone in the store was still as the cult member in front removed their mask. Candle, I wish we could have done this the easy way. Fanny Cavity? Yes, it is I. But I thought we were friends. You helped Kendall's Cabinets of Curiosities become the number one New Age store in mid-downtown Busheltown. And how do you think I did that? Selling spell ingredients like pig's blood and evil corn. It was the cult of Hillbilly Willie that kept you from bankruptcy. My wife Susan said it was either cult members or mobsters keeping the store open. I can't believe she was right. I can. That's why they weren't buying my albums. Enough, Fanny. It won't be long now. You're right, Big. Fan out, cult brothers and sisters. 
Hillbilly Willie will be here soon and we'll watch as she lays waste to Cliff and Kendall and all their friends. Not if I have anything to say about it. Terry the Temp, don't get yourself killed. Don't worry about me, Kendall. Worry about these robe-wearing sons of bitches. Cult members Raleigh, Jane Ann, Christine, and Martin. Stop her! Wow, Terry's using her Edward Scissorhands Scissorhands to really do some damage. There's blood everywhere. Cliff, don't just commentate. Clobber somebody. I'm dressed like Harry Styles in a dress on Vogue magazine. You clobber somebody with that hatbox ghost hatbox you're carrying. But it took me so long to make it. Oh, oh boy, this is a terrifying situation. Oh, have you seen Mrs. Potterbutterbutterson? No, but I can't make out who everybody is. It's pretty dark in here. Cult members Johnny, Cindy, and Big Ron. Go after that man standing in a puddle of his own bow waist. Oh, no, you don't. Take that, Big Ron. I'm Cindy. Oh, sorry, Cindy. But leave Mr. Snodbottom alone or you'll feel the wrath of my hat box. It worked. Hillbilly Willie's here. Why didn't she come in the window that was already broken? I'm Hillbilly Willie. Who summons me here on such a late October evening? Hillbilly Willie, it's we, your faithful and devoted cult. I'm Fanny Cavity, and this is my husband, Big Cavity. We share the duties of leading this chapter of your faithful and devoted cult. Like Big said, it's so nice to finally be able to worship your wickedness in person. It was me that got the blood of that innocent cokehead Billy Moses for the summoning ritual. Just so you know, I'm one of your biggest fans. Oh, mistress of night and guinea pig farming. Hmm. Shouldn't my biggest fans know that I'm all booked up in late October, and the later in October, the more booked up I am? And therefore, maybe don't summon me then, because I'm probably in the middle of some serious slaughtering. Big, I told you we should have been more considerate of her schedule. Don't start with that again, Fanny. Hey, don't feel too bad. I think I might kill everyone here after all. It is something I enjoy doing. Even if I was already in the middle of ripping apart some TikTokers in the North Busheltown woods. Oh, that's wonderful news, Hillbilly Willie. Murder away! Don't mind if I do. I think I'll start with this guy. What's his name again? Small? You mean Big? You can't murder Big. Murder these other people, not your devoted cult members. How about I do what I want? Holy crap! Hillbilly Willie just ripped Big's head off and now she's twirling it on her finger like a basketball. <laughs> Who says blondes have more fun? I say demon-possessed killers have more fun. <laughs> Take this, Fanny. Ooh. How do you like these apples, Johnny? <laughs> While Hillbilly Willie was pummeling the cult members, Cliff and Kendall ran with Mr. Snodbottom and hid behind the cash register. There they were happy to find Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn safe and sound. In my caterer disguise, I was also nearby, safely hidden behind a big garbage can. Thank heavens you're all right, sugar lump. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to see you're okay too, Daphne. The four of them peeked over the edge of the counter as strange sounds and lights entered the room. At first, I thought it was something Hillbilly Willie was doing, but then I could tell even the demon-possessed monster was surprised. What the hell is that? A time hole was opening, 
It started out small, but grew until it was large enough for two obese men to walk through. Which is what happened. The real Cliff and Kendall walked from 1978 into 2021. What is this place? Some kind of terrible store. What kind of idiot would open a store like this in Busheltown? I did. It's the other us's again. Excuse me, did anyone say you could open a time hole and ruin the party? Well, of course we would open a time hole and run right into Hillbilly Willie. What in blazes? How can there be two Cliff and Candles? Those aren't Cliff and Candles, they're imposters. I don't care who they are, I'm killing you all. Then a funny thing happened. The hell demons Cliff and Kendall summoned in 1978 began to gaze through the time hole into the present. Hillbilly Willie looked back at them and then, quicker than a flash of lightning, they blasted away. Demons past and present were gone in a flash. Everyone there was stunned. It took me a while to find out what had happened. It was Zad Lazenby's YouTube channel that once again demystified things. Here's his explanation. Alright, this one's hypothetical. Let's say hell demons were to peer through a time hole and see themselves in either the past or the future. What would occur is this. They would repel each other like magnets with like poles facing together. The hell demons from one time would be propelled one way and the other hell demons would be flung the opposite direction. I think most people would have guessed that. The time hole in Kindle's store began to shrink. Only Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn saw a woman standing in 1978. She knew it was Gloria Henderson, author of the diary in her hand. As the hole closed, Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn exchanged a friendly wave with Gloria. Then she turned to see the two Cliff and Kindles face each other. As Mr. Snodbottom's bowels began to further react to the situation, the Cliff dressed like Harry Styles and the Kindle dressed like the Hatbox Ghost burst into piles of blood and goo. Holy moly! That must have been some kind of trick of Hillbilly Willies! Oh man, that's nasty! Cliff, we're back! Right? What year is it? It's 2021. I know because I, I, I'm... I'm remembering things. How am I remembering things like like shows we did, a countdown of my top 40 favorite movies for my 40th birthday? I'm remembering, too, a, a balls countdown, a chubby movie star countdown. We do a lot of countdowns. Are we overdoing them? Nah, we're the new Casey Kasems. Wait, why do I remember those shows? We weren't here. We were in... Where, where were we? In that... Oh, hold on. I know this one. As Cliff and Kendall readjusted to their reality, their brains supernaturally absorbed the memories of the flesh mounds that lay destroyed at their feet. Their own experiences in Dimension X and the past faded away and were gone completely by the time the police came, along with ambulances for the wounded cult members not killed by Hillbilly Willie or Terry the Temp. Everyone except Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn assumed the time hole and the exploding pair of Cliff and Kindles to be a bizarre trick of Hillbilly Willies. Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn decided that since the real Cliff and Kindle were back, 
There was no reason to distress everyone with the strange business of the flesh mounds they'd been dealing with the last few years. As the sun rose on Halloween 2021 in Busheltown, it seemed things were returning to normal for the Cliff and Kindle gang. They had cleaned up Kindle's store as best they could and were enjoying the breakfast bar at Shomi's on I-9. Oh my, look out the window! What a beautiful sunrise! You think it's too early to order a hot fudge cake? I tempted a Shoney's in Istanbul once, and I can tell you hot fudge cakes are available 24-7. Wait, Terry, how do you learn all the moves to slice and dice those cult members? I tempted as an elite assassin for the CIA a few years back, and let's just say I picked up a few things. And those scissor hands didn't hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, oh my, that's odd. Uh, the sun appears to be rising over there as well. Oh, that's impossible, Daffodil. Oh, something's rising, but it ain't the sun. Oh, mamma mia, she's a hillbilly willy back again. There you are. The people who sent me flying down to the southernmost tip of the South Bushletown suburbs. I don't know how you did that, and I don't care. I know you'll never do it again, though, because you'll be dead. Oh, Hillbilly Willier, you're simply terrible, and I love it. Hey, are you our waiter? My sweet tea isn't sweet enough. Kendall, that's not our waiter. He's dressed better and is way hotter. Is it really? Is it you? Oh, wow. I'm so impressed with your work. And I am impressed by you. Hillbilly Willie, you're not dreaming. It truly is I, Satan, Lord of the Dark. Oh, my! Oh, Sugarlum, you fainted. Oh, wait, wait, what did he say? Did he say Satan? <laughs> Mr. Snodbottom fainted too. Silence, humans. Hillbilly Willie, I've been watching you, and I think we could do great, and by great, I mean horrible terrible things together. Won't you come with me to hell? I have so many sights to show you. And leave the North Busheltown woods forever? Hmm. Oh no. I would never ask that of you. That would be like, well, it's so unthinkable. I can't think of anything that compares. There simply is no North Busseltown Woods without Hillbilly Willier. Wow, that's such an honor coming from you. I'll deal with these meat bags later. Let's go! Then Satan and Hillbilly Willie blasted like an evil rocket through the floor and into hell. Oh God, was that Satan? And he took Hillbilly Willie to hell? That's gotta be one of the wildest things I have ever seen happen in a Shoney's. Wait, wait, wait. If Hillbilly Willie was propelled into the South Busheltown suburbs, what happened to those other demons? Weren't, weren't there some looking out through that hole, whatever that was, that, that weird hole thing that opened? Demons, right? Hell demons? Is that what those were? I thought so. Terry, weren't those hell demons? Oh, definitely. I wonder what happened to them. I think Mr. Snodbottom's coming around. Mr. Snodbottom was coming around. Soon, Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn followed. After we paid the bill and departed, I began to research the Hell Demons from 1978. By my calculations, I believe those demons were repelled in the opposite direction of Hillbilly Willie. 
meaning they flew into the North Busheltown woods. I believe it was then that those very hell demons were cast by a womanizing preacher into William Clogstone, a.k.a. the original Hillbilly Willie. Go back and listen to the Zad Lazenby clip about hell demons seeing themselves in another time if you don't believe me. Hillbilly Willie and his daughter Hillbilly Willie share DNA and hell demons. I know this much is true. You might be wondering what happened to the diary of Gloria Henderson. After she saw Cliff and Kendall walk through that time hole, Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn never opened it again. She was terrified she would read the description of an older, mature woman dressed as Marilyn Monroe waving at Gloria through time. The diary was placed in the bottom of a trunk at the back of Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn's attic where it would remain. Just a reminder, you're listening to the pilot episode of the Dottie Sue Mayberry Report. I recorded it especially for FunPod.com, and I hope to hear back from you guys real soon. I just know you're going to want this show. Every word of this episode is 100% true, and I'm sure I can find a lot of other weird stories to share in subsequent episodes. I'm actually moving to the Falkland Islands myself, Fizzy 213, so I'll be waiting to hear from you there. Anyway, there's one more chapter to this story, and it does not occur in Busheltown or concern Cliff, Kendall, or any of their friends. After consultant psychics satanic scholars, and a few talkative goats, I can confirm what Hillbilly Willie did after leaving Shoney's. She walked with Satan, deep in the pits of hell. Hillbilly Willie, welcome to Hades, the capital city of hell. Oh, shit! Is that an olive garden? Yes, and you'll find that in hell... You're always treated like family. This place is awesome. I can already feel my evil power starting to grow. Splendid. You'll see over there, between the cell phone shop and the lumpy mattress store, there's an elevator, or shall I say, elevator, and you may go in and take it straight up to the North Busheltown Woods whenever you desire. That's amazing, Satan. I feel incredible, just like Mary Tyler Moore at the beginning of the Mary Tyler Moore Show. I wish I had a hat to toss in the air. Why don't you take that gentleman's hat? Why don't I just take his whole head? Hey, what? (laughs) (laughs) How inventive. Hillbilly Willie, there is one more thing. How could this day possibly get any better? There's someone I'd like you to meet. He's standing right behind you. (gasps) Daughter, I finally get to meet the daughter I never knew. Is it really the father I never knew? Hillbilly Willie, meet Hillbilly Willie. How I do love bringing evil families together. Might I suggest you join forces to horrify the North Busseltown woods? (laughs) 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 
and one more thing, Happy Halloween! <laughs>